record. Okay, here we are, Slender Angelo. Clockwise and color wheel. And uh, complimentary colors. Okay, let's talk about complimentary colors. It's very important to understand complementary colors. And once you've grasped the positions on the color wheel, the clock face of the color wheel, that there were 12, you can understand the, 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 the idea, the concept of complementary colors becomes very simple. <clears throat> Technically, in, in terms of their position on a wheel, they're opposites. For every primary color, there is an opposite color on the color wheel, directly opposite from it in position, that is a secondary hue. Secondary, that means it's a mix. The secondary, the, the, the complementary color is always, they're always different on a spectrum in terms of value. And then there's a lot that's said about uh, harmonies produced using uh, the color wheel, using the complementary colors or, or, or variations of multiple complementary colors. There's a lot of talk, a lot of theory. If you look at a, at a store-bought color wheel, they'll show you these triadic harmonies and quadratic harmonies and so forth, split complements, etc., etc. The practicality and usefulness of those is interesting. It, 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 it's spotty. I don't know. But I'm going to break it down real simple for you. Complementary color from, from a... You start with any color, there's a complement. The complement is always going to be darker or lighter in value than the color you started with. That's very useful. What it means is that you can always paint a full... A, a pretty moderate range of value, which, I've, as I've said before, is the most important part of painting is value. Ask anyone who's colorblind. They can still appreciate a good painting because of value. Uh, you can produce a pretty wide range of value depending on the colors from just a from just a single color and its complement. That means two colors. You can do a, a, a painting that has a significant amount of value, a high enough contrast to read without being able to understand the colors at all. That's a very powerful tool. And whether or not this is true, historically, those things are considered uh, uh, in balance. I don't know if that's true. Jury's out on that. I don't think you can or can't say that. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of history of painting that, 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 that has established those guidelines. So you can't really say whether or not uh, it's true or not true at this point. We're sort of locked into it. It's a little bit like music. Uh, people make bold claims about how to, the the, uh, the chromatic scale as established in Western music is quite harmonious. Uh, is it? Well, we just really used to it. I don't know. It goes back, you know, a thousand freaking years. Are we just used to it? Anywho. Not the point. If you take any kind of paint class or are expected to produce any kind of painting, you'll find that this this comes up. Complementary colors. What's important to understand about complementary colors? Number one, complementary colors are directly across from each other on a clockwise color wheel. That means that 
if you start with yellow, which is always where I'm starting, lightest in value, as we've said, directly what's directly across from yellow on a clock face, remember yellow's in the 12th position, that's six, right? Right at the bottom. We're talking top, very top, very bottom. And the very bottom is violet. And violet, as I've said many times before, is the darkest value of the hues. Now, this is an interesting development right here. That means that yellow and violet are complements, right? Violet has the complement of yellow, and yellow has the complement of violet. That's, they, they go together in this system anyway. But it also is true that those two are the most extreme on the color wheel in terms of value. So what does that mean for painting? It means that if you want the highest amount of value in your painting with two colors only, you would stick with them two. And you'd end up with a real ugly painting because I don't particularly... I'm not fond of those two colors together. Regardless of what all of Western art history says. Not fond of those two colors together. However, if you start adding white to them, oh, you end up with these beautiful range of, of grays and whatnot. They, they really can be beautiful, but, but on, they're ex quite extreme. Quite extreme. And you'll notice when you start adding yellow into, a, into violet or vice versa, uh, the color gets very warm because it's got two warms in it. Right? Remember, violet is a, is a secondary color composed of blue and red. So it's half red. So you've got yellow, which is very warm color. And you've got red, which is a very warm color. And a very dark color in terms of value. You start adding those two together, you're going to get a predominantly warm because there's only the other blue in there to cool it down. I'm going too far. All right, the next, uh, let's start with the primaries. Remember, our primaries are yellow, blue, and red, and they are in the 12th, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, 4 o'clock position and the 8 o'clock position on the clock face. Uh, blue, the complementary color of blue, quite opposite, right, directly opposite of blue is, is orange. Orange. And orange is... Uh, red and yellow, again, very predominantly warm. Therefore, adding, adding orange to blue, again, you warm it up. It becomes more warm in terms of temperature. Uh, right. Directly opposite. Now, keep in mind, again, which is the lighter in value on, on, between these two complements? Which is the lighter in value? We've discussed this. It's the orange. The orange in the, in the, uh, what is that? The, 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 seven, the 10 o'clock position, the orange, uh, is, uh, very warm because it's almost all the way back to 12, which is yellow, right? Right. And yellow's very light. So a mix between orange and, and or yellow and uh, red is going to be lighter than red and darker than yellow. Isn't that right? Isn't it so? But blue, all the way down there on the spectrum there, blue's about a 50% gray. Is that right? I'm, am I remembering that correctly? 50, 60% gray. 
okay, in terms of value. Orange is more like 30, 35%, 30%, something like that. There's not a huge contrast between the two, but one of them is definitely darker than the other in terms of value. Okay? Do I have to keep saying in terms of value? I feel I just feel like the words lighter and darker, they they thrown around a lot and nobody really knows what that means. Um <clears throat> That means that a range of colors that you're going to get out of a, out of a complement, a, a painting made with those two complementary colors, orange and blue, is going to have less contrast. It's going to be a little bit more muted. It's going to have less uh, hard blacks, for example, if you're only looking at it in terms of value. Right? You can only go to about, about 55, 60% dark and about, you know, 30% light. That's a lower range. You understand? It's important to understand that when, you, when you're picking compliments for a painting. Now, of course, when you're painting, you can always add white. You should not add black if you want to have any kind of vibrance or richness to your painting. Black is kind of unnecessary, but I'll get into that later, I think. But white is kind of a necessary evil uh, because, again, you can only get as high as a 10% with a, with a yellow... And then, of course, you, you end up uh, diluting or, I'm sorry, uh, 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 infecting, what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, contaminating any of your purer colors that you wanted to keep away from yellow with a yellow. Whereas if you add white, you're just sort of lightening without adding, without adding hue. I'll get into that later. It's, you end up with chalky colors. So there is some compensation that has to be done. There's a whole exercise with that. Not important right at the moment because I'm talking about complementary colors. Directly across from red, which is our third primary, is green. So red is in the 8 o'clock position. Green is in the uh, 2 o'clock position on a clock face. Directly across from each other, right? You draw a straight line there. Now, red is much is a darker value color as well. I think it's about 75%, 70, 80% uh, uh, gray, right? So that's it. on a darkness scale, slight, light, slightly darker than blue. Green is around the same value as orange. So, you, again, you get a range there. Green and red make a beautiful range of color. I've painted with, with green and red before, and I was shocked at how wide the, the range is. And I, I suppose I break that down. How do I break that down? I guess I can't. Are we noticing that any time there's a complement, it includes warms or cools that are not present in the primary? Isn't that interesting? Now, there are secondary complementary colors as well. Uh... No, there are tertiary complementary colors as well. And that's where things get a little more complicated. And I don't think I can do that without visual aids. Because I'm still trying to memorize this thing in my mind and make that clear as well for, for whoever might be interested in sitting through this diatribe. Uh, what can you do with these complements? What's the point, Lenny, you're asking me? 
I will tell you this. There isn't much one of a point. Because you can make a painting with blue and red just as easily as you can make a painting with blue and green. The only difference being there is something about the interaction between these two colors that has been established as, as having sort of a, vib- a vibration, uh, an energy that blue and red do not have. And you could try this out for yourself. I know, I know red and green are considered Christmassy colors here in the, in the Western world. I don't know what they're considered elsewhere. It's also interesting that you don't generally find the complementary colors in nature. Let me think about that. I don't think it's so that you will find a lot of complementary colors in nature unless you go to see Impressionist paintings. And in Impressionism, uh, people started to play with that. And I think it's funny. It's funny as a painter and as, an, as a person interested in Impressionism, if you start to look at Impressionistic paintings and you start to go out in the world and try and, and duplicate paint or replicate what you see, you can find those colors in there. Now, of course, you push them for effect. But once you start looking and once you start seeing, you can begin to see more. You can see the blues, for example, in a shadow. And you can see the reds, for example, in the sky. Things like that, that you may not have noticed before. Once you become tuned to appreciate that, you can sort of find your way into it again in in real life. Now, of course, a lot of it is imagination. But all the colors are present all the time. And I'm sure science will back me up on that. So, uh... Yeah, I'm not talking out of my ears here. That's true. Okay. What else? What else? What can I do with these complementary colors? Let's get into how white works. Titanium white is is one of those very popular colors you buy. it's, It's an un pigmented white and, 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 and uh, it probably has a it probably has a cool hue but it, it isn't very visible there are other whites uh, like the kind of whites you use on your walls in, in a in a bad apartment in the in the Southern California it's uh, eggshells you, you got your eggshells your Navajos uh, your etc uh, etc et your offs your ivories. These are all tinted with yellow or, or red or, or small, small, tiny, infinitesimal increments of yellow and red uh, so that they have a warm uh, overall feeling, but they still, we would still classify them as white. A very pure white, you know it when you see it because it stands straight out at you. Even an eggshell is not white. It shouldn't be, anyway. I don't think any eggs in nature are supposed to be white. If the, if the eggs you're buying... By the way, where did a wise here? If the eggs you're buying are, are pure, pure white, like you could put a piece of friggin' sheet of paper up to them and it's the same, I don't think you should eat that. Eh, that's just me. I don't think you should be eating that. You understand? Okay. Even Go look at papers in the, in the paper store. Uh, or, you know, your office supply store or whatever when, you, when you're when prepping your resume because your job sucks. 
uh, go look at the the wide range of white papers available. It's going to be one, maybe a photo paper. I know photo paper is usually not tinted. That's very, very white. And when you put it next to a piece of paper that's sort of tinted with a yellow or a reddish color, you can totally see it. With, without any, without squinting, without looking real close, you could totally see it. There's a huge, huge value difference. There's a huge, huge difference. A huge, and that's interesting as hell, because it means that even with whites, there's a huge range you can get there. Uh, okay, so when you buy a white from a tube, uh, you, you're usually generally working with a titanium white. Which has uh, none of that tinting in it. And what that means is you can add that to any of your uh, mixtures of color. Let's just say we're working with two complementaries. We're working with uh, orange and blue is a personal favorite of mine. We're working with orange and blue. And as I've said, you can't get very dark with those two. Uh, But you can get a lot lighter by adding white. And the white, uh, basically, white often strips the uh, the colors of their uh, vibrance, which I covered, I think, last time. Uh, the intensity uh, is, 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 is reduced when you add white. So you'll find that when you start mixing white into colors, that, uh, it starts to, to become very, one term is chalky. Uh, these pastel colors that we all sort of think of are, are, are friendly and maybe a little bit feminine uh, uh, or, or childish. I don't know. Or soft. Soft is better than feminine, right? No, of course not. Of course it's not. Feminine's the best. I mean, soft is just soft. But feminine. Ah, uh, there's layers there. Okay. I'm not going to say feminine. I don't want to offend anybody. But I meant it in a good way. Okay, uh, soft, okay, uh, pleasant, but the intensity starts to, to, to slip away, the more white that's added. So you add white sparingly. When you have a color that's very uh, close to the hue you want, but the values are wrong, that's when you start dipping a little bit of white in there and seeing how high you can get that. Keeping the intensity is challenging. And when, when, like I've said, when you mix more than three colors together, the intensity dips in, in a big way. The meter just goes to zero real quick. So you must be very cautious when adding complements. You must be very cautious because, again, those are all three-color mixes, as I've said. Right? There's no complement that's a primary. Uh, I'm sorry. There's no complement of a primary that's also a primary. So you can't do do it that way. It's always a mix of three. That means you're getting more than three. And your third color should probably be white if you want vibrance, if you want intensity. Uh, And only a little bit. Last place I need to go with this. As the two complementary colors come into equal amounts of mix... So on a color wheel, there is a whole area in the middle that I haven't even touched on. Right? You pay, the color wheel goes around the outside of the clock face, just like a clock where the numbers sit. 
But there's this whole area in the middle that we haven't even gone into. And that is the, uh, that is the zone of mixing. There's a better place. There's a better way to say that. I'll look it up. But those places in the middle are, uh, as, let's take two complementaries. Again, blue and orange are my favorite. As you would start to add orange into blue on the uh, the uh, four o'clock side of the clock, moving inward to the center, to the axis, and as you would start to add blue into orange, starting at the 10 o'clock and moving inward toward the axis, the axis point, you know, where the hands touch, the hands of the clock would touch, we're looking at a, a, an equal mixture of orange and blue. That's an equal, equal parts. Yellow, equal parts red, and equal parts blue. Right in the middle there. What does that look like? Can you picture it? Of course you can't. It's very complicated. So I'm going to try to get into that next. Yeah, think about that, because that's very important. That's all about paint mixing. Uh, right, okay. Uh, so that's that. Uh, all right. Uh, he's letting the age low. <clears throat> okay. That's...